Well, this is Culture Shift, and coming up Monday night in Berkeley, musicians from the Detroit swing band Planet D. Nanette will perform the music of the Kings of Kansas City Swing, along with young jazz musicians during an all-ages workshop at the Berkeley First United Methodist Church. R.J. Spangler is with the group and will lead a later concert in May at the Scarab Club in Detroit. Here he is talking about the musical history of swing in Kansas City. Is it, uh, is it exciting to work with uh, younger musicians as, as a musician yourself that's been working for a while? Yes. I've always tried to encourage younger musicians because I was once a younger musician and I learned from the guys that came ahead of me, my mentors. And so I've always believed that it's important to pass this along and keep this history alive. We're just going to play a, a little concert from 6.30 to a little after 7.30 and we're going to Benny Rubin, Jr., he's a student at the Detroit uh, School of the Arts, a senior, and I met him through uh, Wendell Harrison and Pam Wise, who mentor a lot of young children, and uh, he's a very fine young saxophone player, and also Tariq Gardner, and he is at the University of Michigan. His mother is the famous jazz bassist Marion Hayden, and he plays a lot on Friday nights at Burt's Jazz Club over in Eastern Market. He, they're both already out working as young musicians. Okay, so you are one of the founders, of course, of Planet D, Nanette. I am. And uh, coming up in May after this workshop, there's going to be a big show going on at the Scarab Club. Um, it is going to be a, uh, a tribute to the Kings of Kansas City Swing. Uh, who are the Kings of Kansas City Swing? In this particular aspect of the concert, we are going to be shining a light on Benny Moten and Count Basie. Now, Benny Moten was an early band leader, starting in the 20s coming right out of ragtime into early swing. And he was a piano player, and he had a, a jazz orchestra, and his brother also played in a group. His brother, Buster, known as Bus, was also a pianist who also doubled on accordion. Well, Count Basie got stranded in Kansas City. He's from Red Bank, New Jersey. And he was stranded in Kansas City. No way, no money, to, not, couldn't get out of town. So he started working in little like bars, you know, taverns, just playing the piano for tips and sandwiches and, and getting a little name around town as a guy who knew how to play. And uh, he got picked up by the Moton organization. And if you think about it, here's two piano players who lead the, one of the leading bands in town, and they meet this young guy from the East Coast, and they go, yeah, I think we'll bring him into our organization. So that's the esteem that they held Count Basie in. So we're going to shine a light on this particular aspect of the early part of Kansas City swing. You know, Kansas was, uh, during the Depression, was still a pretty wide open place because uh, there was a, a political boss named Tom Pendergast, and he basically ran the the party there and, and behind the scenes. He was never an elected official, but he kind of was the power behind everybody who did anything in town. And so gambling and, and alcohol and all these things were pretty much widely available. So that meant there were gigs. There was lots of musicians working. So guys came there from, Pens uh, from oh, you know, uh, let me think, Lester Young uh, came from uh, Minnesota. You know, guys came from Louisiana and Texas, you know, and places like that. It was a real hub. And, of course, you know, we know jazz came from, New Orleans, and it, it manifested in different spots where it really grew, Chicago being one of them, and also Kansas City. And Kansas City had a, a special, a special uh, you know, kind of bluesy thing where, that came out of it. And if you think about it, later on, Charlie Parker came from there, one of the great innovators of jazz. So he changed. He, he, so we start in the 20s, it's the 30s, 40s, all these things all happen. 
and they're incubating in Kansas City. Uh, bring it back to the work that you do with uh, with young students, young musicians. Are they when you show them this music, or is it something that they are naturally interested in? Do or do you have to explain kind of the history behind it for them to see the the connection? I think both. I think they already are interested, but yes, there's things for me to show them. Yeah, they're into it. They're very into it. For anybody, I know Count Basie is such a huge name, of course, but like if someone wants to be introduced to to some of this music from the uh, the Kings of Kansas City Swing, where should they start? What what give us a track? Well, those are some big names. Uh, Harlan Leonard and his Rockets, uh, the Jay McShann Orchestra. That's the band that Charlie um, Parker came out of. You know, all these are these are some of the big names. Mary Lou Williams came out of that scene, although she is herself from Pittsburgh. Like I said, people came from all over the country because there was work. And it also, it was an era, era of what we call territory bands. So you could be a band based out of Kansas City and you could be working in Oklahoma in Dallas, all the way up to the Twin Cities, Idaho, Idaho, you know, there was traveling bands. So it was, these groups were about the same size as my group, the Planet D, not at, not at meeting nine. So my group has nine or 10 guys, and these groups all had, you know, nine to 12 guys. This is before, you know, if you think about a big band now, you see Wynton Marcellus and the Lincoln Jazz Center Orchestra, it's like 18, 19 gentlemen, you know. A traditional big band today is a, a, a big orchestra like that. But it came out of Ellington on the East Coast, Basie there in the Midwest. It came out of this kind of the smaller group, which was closer to a small group. So you have that kind of that that uh, um, that wildness of, 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 you know, the unknown because you're just playing tunes and having fun. But there's also uh, a, a riffing and, 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 and background lines. And it's not so much always all, all written out. Back in the early days, it wasn't. Okay. And so, again, I'm going to be leading this workshop at the Berkeley First United Methodist Church uh, on Monday, March 20th. And then for folks who want to see the full show, it's going to be coming up in May at the Scarab Club, May, May 21st to be exact. Yes. And it's going to be um, what we call Live at the Scarab Club series. Okay. Launching off a series that will continue yeah. into the future. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we've been doing a couple of years, but it was the first year that the Knight Foundation came along and helped us out. Uh, but we've done it for a number of years, yeah, and, and we really appreciate the Knight Foundation coming in here and, and doing this because uh, it was by hook or by crook in the past. I mean, you know, sending out emails to everybody I knew, uh, getting little ads in, in programs, uh, you know, everything we could do to, to get having sponsors. So uh, this, is, this is beautiful. This is really, really wonderful for us to have this opportunity. And that was R.J. Spangler with the group Planet D. Nanette. You can find out more information about those shows at thescarabclub.org.